Hello. Good evening. Welcome. Good morning. It, good day. <laughs> X to the Zedio. Zedio. <laughs> wow, like that one was like synced up. We were so on the same frequency. We really just were. Did it's you awesome. guys love it? Mm. I loved it. I know you loved it. Was it was fun. We have guests. We do. We do. I loved it. I loved it too. I didn't know if I could chime in or I didn't want to ruin the synchronicity there. You know, it was so beautiful. Thank you. Of course. Um, so this is Dominic Valenzuela. Yes. Valenzuela. Valenzuela. Yeah. That's difficult to say. Yes, I know. I grew up with it. <laughs> it's an easy way for me to like uh, distinguish like uh, a real call and a telemarketer though, because you know, because they're like. They'll like butcher it. Totally. Dominic, Ver... sorry, wrong answer. Yeah, click, yeah. Access denied. Access denied. <laughs> exactly. Don't my warranty is not expired, and so what if it is? Gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Ashenbrenner's the same way. Like, yeah. Or they'll ask for Bill Ashenbrenner, and I'm like, I'm sorry, he no longer lives here. He's got the sex change. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Cindy's joining us again. I'm back. Which I'm very excited about, because I love Cindy. Thank you. Love you. Um, all right, so, with our guest, Dom, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, all the things. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Dominic Valenzuela. I grew up here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, 38. Uh, just opened my restaurant, Taco 10. Yes. Where is, where is that? That's on uh, Lady and Tramway, so it's on the east hey, side. On the yeah, so it's over there by the mountains okay. if uh, you're not from Albuquerque. Yeah, but uh, we specialize in Baja California style tacos. Oh. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 38. 37. He's 37. He's I'll not be, 38. I will, be, <laughs> I will be 38 this year. I round up. In October. I round up about six months Exactly. I might as well be 40. You know, I might as well be 40. Watch your mouth. I am 40. And uh, it's pretty awesome on this side. So, anyway. I'm the opposite. So, there are people who who round themselves down, right? Yeah, Yeah, and I round myself up. So, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing it for you. In fact, the other day I was telling somebody, I think I'm 49. Yeah. And then I had to look and I was like, I'm not 49 yet. <laughs> Take it back. Okay, let me say this though. I, it's because I, you know, I grew up and I've always had like a baby face, so I've always been considered younger than what I actually am, you know. Gotcha. And for a while, like it's fun, it's cute, you know. And then after a while, like you're like, but I'm not getting any respect, right. you know, because <laughs> you guys, th- you guys think I'm some fucking frat boy. Child. You think I'm a frat boy, but no, I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> I have a restaurant. Right. <laughs> so when did you open? August. Okay. August of 2020, so right in the middle of the pandemic. And how was that opening during the pandemic? Uh, it definitely had its challenges, you know, but um, tacos will survive. Yeah, you know, tacos do survive. They do, man. <laughs> There's nothing like a taco. Exactly. So, I mean, people still came out in hordes, and uh, really just the staffing was the biggest concern, you know. I think, um, and it still is a concern, you know, it's, it's still a problem, just people who either are on unemployment and yeah. are comfortable being that and there are those who are too scared to go out and get a job during right. this time you know because they want to protect their loved ones so there's there's two sides to it you know so i think there might be a third side i recently got a question from one of our other podcast guests cruz hernandez uh wall street new age wall street which is amazing by the way and we'll talk about that later but he was saying, because he's from here as well, mm-hmm. um, his family was from California, 
Um, and I worked in the temp industry, and so I would send temps to work. I think the work ethic in New Mexico is a little bit different than in other places. What's your opinion? Yeah, I could definitely, uh, you know, agree to that. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I grew up on the opposite side. Uh, you know, my dad, he installed a, a hard work ethic with sure. me, you know, um, basically putting me to work in second grade, you know, and like sure. asking me, do you want to stay home from school? You know, when I would, you know, play sick, uh -huh. <laughs> like, oh, you want to stay home? Okay, then you're going to be uh, helping me in the backyard, you know, yeah, laying nice. concrete and stuff like that, you know. So I've been working, I can say, honestly, since second grade, you know, doing little odds and end things. But my dad always paid me, yeah. you know, so I always got rewarded for that. So. I mean, maybe that might be something to it because I do know some people who grew up in families where you just did the work, you know, sure. because you're you're part of our family. We house you, things exactly. like that. And so maybe there's not enough uh, incentive? incentive, financial incentive Ex to exactly. narrow. Exactly. You know, well, I think about like allowance. I don't advocate to that idea or that concept. I don't subscribe to that. And so in my home with my child and even growing up, if we did extra things, we would get money, mm -hmm. but we wouldn't get money just for living in the community that we lived in. Like if I could pay the bills, bro, like you got to do some dishes. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's certainly part of it. Um, do you think generationally it makes a difference? Uh, for sure. For sure. Um, I think, and I'm just speaking from, from my own experience and what I've witnessed, um, I've seen a lot of kids get raised by their grandparents sure. you know and then so um it the discipline just isn't really there you know grandparents not to that same level exactly like they're there but they're you know they're, yeah they're exactly their their job is to love as exactly. a grandparent is just to give you that unconditional love parents job is to discipline and to to really sh mold you yeah. into the human that you're supposed to be Fair. and so uh yeah i saw a lot of kids uh getting raised by their grandparents and i can say that yeah um you know, past my generation that continued, and I can say that it just kind of rolled into what it is, you know? Like, it's, ju it's just part of our culture that um, there's a lot of single mothers, you know, mm -hmm. raising kids and, and grandparents, you know, helping the single mother, you know, as they go to work, Absolutely. you know, to raise a kid. So just not enough mentorship. I agree with you. And I think um, because you guys are all in the Zennial part of the X to the Zennial, um, there's definitely, like, a difference in work ethic. I'm from Generation X and I think we were called the slackers, mm -hmm. right? Because we didn't have or didn't present in the same way, but I think we're also, you know, kind of the end of, you know, the baby boom generation um, where they had a very different work ethic where you did something for 30, 50 years. Mm -hmm. um, and so Generation X, we don't do that the same. Um, and certainly, you know, right at the end, you guys before the, the millennials, which admittedly, Right in the age range that you are, it's hard to call you millennials because you're not. I'm right on the cusp. I'm right on the cusp, man. I like to, you know, which I like I like getting the best of both worlds like that because um, it just gives you a bigger lens, a wider lens to look through, you know. Absolutely. Um, but I could say that the Generation X, it seemed like, you know, because that's when technology started to come about. Mm -hmm. So they started seeing a different way yeah. of doing things. Like you can still get the job done. But maybe you just don't have to work as hard, or there's a different way to go about it. More efficient, right? Exactly. It was in factory work where you report to the factory, you build your whatever you build mattresses at your factory mm -hmm. for thirty years yeah. every day, routine, mm -hmm. routine, routine. Every technology came and streamlined processes. Yeah. Now we can run businesses from the beach from our cell phones. Exactly, it's amazing. So it's just a different lens to look at how technology's enhanced. 
the workforce. Absolutely. And it's considered lazy because it doesn't look like, you know, traditional or working. Yeah. It's not traditional. Right. And I think that that also um, correlates to what we're going through nowadays, too. Because, like, you know, I look at the, the youth today and seeing wow, the tools that they have. Today, but seeing the way that they use them and they're, like, so efficient with them. And then, like, I'm still trying to figure out some of this stuff, you know. And they just keep and they just keep piling on app after app after app. So it just keeps getting further and further along. So that's something. Like, I look at that as like you know i gotta i gotta keep up with this you know sure. otherwise i'm gonna get buried in it and then i'm gonna be that old guy like how my grandfather was like oh you don't need that <laughs> but in the reverse there's the because they rely so heavily on technology they don't have the customer service and the, the eye contact exactly the, the engagement and social skills that they need to so i think that's been a hindrance with this generation as well absolutely which kind of gets scary because we're coming up in the the dawn of ai yeah. And conspiracy. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, as you were talking about that, I was thinking like, if you would open a restaurant ten years ago, like, would your POS system be the same, or would you know the way that you did things? Let's say, how long have you been working in the restaurant industry? So I've been working in the restaurant industry for shoot, well, if I'm thirty-seven. <laughs> actually 37 and that would make it probably around like 21 years yeah 20 feel, okay? <laughs> you know i mean it it feels like i need my damn respect <laughs> Not a yeah, yeah. come on gray hairs bro i'm trying to try, try. i want the i want the george clooney i want some salt and pepper well they all like the 95 George Clooney, you know? Not like, like now, this, George Yeah, not, not now, George Clooney. Now I'm like, okay. Now, now I can see you getting old. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Hip's about to go, you know. If but, it hasn't gotten already. <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, sorry, I lost it. Oh, 21 years. 21 so years. Recognizing the influence of technology and how you do your business. Um, I think it just goes with the time, like, you know, obviously technology now, we're able to serve more customers and be more efficient. Back in the day, you know, you, like, menus back in the day were so much bigger than they are now. Sure. And I think that that was because you tried to get as many customers as you can to come to your restaurant. Right. Now, I'm actually having to shrink down my menu and just focus on tacos right. because I have so many customers that it's so hard to keep up with the demand. Absolutely. You know, and so... I think back in the day, like, it was just a different way of do, dealing about it, you know? Like, you were trying to get customers. Uh, you trying to get foot traffic through the door with exactly, but a the, bigger menu. But still, there was only so much that you can handle, sure. you know? And then now, yeah, now there's just so much, you know? And people want it fast. People are used to now fast mm -hmm. food places, so speed is, is a major factor right. into how they see your restaurant, you know? Absolutely. And, and we'll come back to your restaurant is how fast and efficient you are. So not only do you have to have delicious food, you know, kind service, but you have to be quick about it. You know, yeah. you could have two out of the three and they'll give you a one star. Right. You know? so, so how many tacos do you have on the menu? We have 10 tacos. Ten, and, and what is the restaurant called? <laughs> Taco 10. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's funny because I, I, get, I get that question almost daily and I'm like, I love, I love saying them. And I'm right. like, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So what, what do the tacos entail? Just because, you know, tacos. So, um, so a real funny story. So we'll go, we'll, we'll try to compact this as, as quick as we can, but I started a food truck 
<laughs> in 2013. Okay. And that was uh, beer battered fish tacos. Here? Yep, here in Albuquerque. It's called Dia de los Tacos. Dia, okay. Yeah, Dia de los Tacos. I looked it up because uh, I wanted the website. Sure. And somebody already took Dia de los Tacos with a C. So then I said, oh, hold up. You know, what about Dia de los Tacos with a K? Nice. So then I saw that. I liked the way it looked. I think it looked original and yeah. totally fit my style. So I was like, okay, we're running with that. Uh, beer better fish tacos. I had my first one in Denver and I was just like, this is what I want to do, you know? Nice. So throughout my culinary career, um, you know, working in sushi bars, Italian and everything, I just been gathering all the elements to put together the perfect fish taco, which I believe that I've, I've done, or at least my favorite, mm -hmm. I, I believe that it's definitely my favorite fish taco, okay. you know, and I'm a fish taco connoisseur. So, yeah. um, so I was going around the breweries around town and I left, went back to San Diego for a while, came back in 2019, we restarted and caught the eye of some investors. Okay. And so they approached me and said, we want to bring your dream to life. You know, we want to make this more than what it is, you know, because we, we believe in it. So nice. um, I was able to join up with these investors and now we, we bring Taco 10. So Dia de los Tacos was me. It was 100% me. Yeah, you know, Taco 10. Taco 10 is my collaboration with these investors and other eyes, you know, because, you know, when we sat down at the round table, uh, ideas were getting thrown out and, you know, I didn't want to lose what I had created, you sure. know, to look back at it and be like, what the hell is it now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, let's just create something brand new together. Nice. So we came up with Taco 10, we threw a bunch of different names out. Okay. Taco 10 kind of stuck out to us and we decided that we we're just going to have 10 signature tacos. You know, we're going to try to hit all the different areas. So we got a Baja beer battered fish taco. I'm sorry. Um, it's now gluten free. So we use sake. Yeah. yeah. So now, <laughs> it's a gluten free fish taco now fried up. Still as great as a She's beer so battered. Excited. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Anybody from Baja California would definitely try this taco and be like, you know, oh yeah, this is a Baja California taco. You know? nice. Even though with no beer in it, no gluten. Okay. Uh, we have a fried chicken taco, oh, which I stick to my southern roots there. And, okay. and, you know, I love chicken and waffle flavors. So there's a, a maple red Is hot southern roots, like, different south than yeah, my Yeah, my grandfather, my grandfather was from Alabama. Oh, gotcha. And, and my grandmother, who was my, you know, my idol, my cooking idol, yeah. my, first Bobby, my first chef that I uh, idolized, uh, she was raised and trained cooking-wise by uh, her mother-in-law. Oh, which wow. was my grandmother's, my grandfather's mom from Alabama, who knew Southern Creole style cooking. Nice. Yeah. So she was. So a New Mexican woman from Las Vegas, New Mexico, taught these Southern ways of cooking, and then wow. also incorporating her ingredients now and stuff. Yeah. So it totally like fit my whole style and what I am today. Of I'm New Mexico to the to the core. Sure. But I love other cultures. I love other flavors. Nice. And I want to share that with everybody else. So I'm taking those ideas, those flavors. And putting them into a form that's um, recognizable. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So and fried chicken taco. What is in this? Yeah. So we got maple red hot glaze, uh, <laughs> some chipotle crema, lettuce, cheese on there. And then I know we're getting a little hungry. Yeah. So good. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Yeah. Food, yeah. <laughs> Where's our pre-samples? <laughs> Where are the samples at? <laughs> then uh, you should put an order in. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we got the asada, the al pastor. We have our own trompo there. Nice. Um, 
A trombo is where you cook the meat, by the way, for those of you... Yeah, so, so real quick history on Al Pastor. It was, it was brought by the Lebanese to Mexico City. Right. So, so Middle Eastern. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're used to the hiddos and, and things like that. Lamb on the vertical rotisserie. So they brought that equipment there. Mexicans took that idea. Yes. Put marinated pork on there, marinated red chili. And started cutting it into tacos. And now we have Al Pastor. Okay. So we have Al Pastor there. We got uh, brisket, carnitas... Um, and then also, I love vegans. So you love vegans? I love vegans. <laughs> I love them. They're so ethical. They're so They're cute. So They're so cute. Just like, you got to recycle and protect Mother Earth. And like, I know. I know. We're trying. I'm trying. That cheese is not cheese. I love you and you do what you need to do with all of your food things. But nut cheese is an indicator of something wrong. <laughs> You might want to get that checked. <laughs> What'd you do? I went to the store, thought I grabbed cheese, but comes to find out I got nut cheese. Oh, damn, bro. I'm sorry for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Pray for you, brother. Got that nut cheese. I just. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that might be why we are so much fun today. <laughs> I knew Dom was coming, so I was like, I need to have tequila. And uh, it's fucking 420. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, we all just kind of just. Get those dehydrated edibles. <laughs> oh, break, out, break out those celebratory edibles from 1995. Vintage. 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 Only you and a Dalai Lama have had one of these. I feel so, so great. <laughs> Thank you. Passing to a chef, we're gonna eat it. Here's here's what I'm going to say. I know that we're not all partaking in alcohol, but fucking pot is legal in New Mexico. Yes. Yes. So cheers cheers to New Mexico progressing change, which brings us to our topic this evening. Absolutely. So I have been listening to a book called Deep Change. I don't recommend listening to it, but it's a very (laughs) important book to listen to slash read if you are looking for organizational change specific to business and leadership. That being said, part of listening to this book had inspired me to think about change specifically. We've all been through change. We talk about transition a lot on the podcast, but I think it's important to look at the dynamics to creating lasting sustainable change. And so part of having you here is really looking at even that transition, right, of your evolution through uh, cooking and the restaurant industry and how that change was and how it affected you emotionally, but also, like, how did you create that? So Yeah. I mean, um, really, it all just starts from, from love, you know. Um, I grew up in a house where there was always love. You know, my parents worked a lot. Uh, Everybody around me worked a lot, but there was always love at the end of the day. So we all had to like, I got used to being by myself a lot, you know, getting myself home from school, doing my work, things like that. Are you an only child? 
Uh, no, I have a sister. Okay. But older, younger. Uh, she's younger, five years younger. You know, so we didn't really bond until sure. we were older. You know. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I would say that 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 was definitely a factor. You know, because we spent a lot of alone time. But I knew that they always loved me. Yeah. But I knew. But then I, I just learned to depend on myself, you know, right. and I don't know where it was in there, but um, the things that I wanted, I knew, I guess it was from my parents or whatever that I knew that I can, I can have it, right. you know, but my dad, you know, with the work ethic that he instilled in me, um, I knew that also it was going to take work. Okay. And so really it, for me, making a decision, you know, I'm okay. a Libra, so Kind of the first step. Yeah, may like commit to something. Commit to something. Okay. And I then I just told a student, you just have to start. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just start. Jump on that hamster wheel. I just had this conversation yesterday. You just have to start. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pick it, really. Yeah. You just have to pick an avenue that might lead to it and start. Exactly. Okay. Like there, are, there's so like when you choose like food. Sure. There was it wasn't like I knew that I had many different avenues to go from there, but at yeah. least this is a focus. Yeah, like boom. And then really in the beginning as a kid, I think because of the way I grew up, you know, I didn't really have to think much about all the other stuff that I didn't think about having to provide, sure. you know, or anything like that. I just thought I'm passionate about this. I want to learn more about this. Right. And this is going to be my ticket to travel the world and, and do all these things, you know. Nice. And, and you knew that from like <clears throat> a young age, like how old were you? Um, so it was my sophomore year in high school that I committed to food. Okay. I remember sitting at the table. Uh, my teacher had uh, proposed to us that we write a letter to ourselves 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I thought, I mean, at the time I thought it was great, you know, and then uh, I wrote, and for some reason I found myself writing to a future dom that was a chef owner, that was a owner of a restaurant and stuff. <clears throat> and so... This was a little baby, like fifteen-year-old you. Who yeah, this is. You're gone. Well, okay, all right, all right, all right. So let me let me add in a key factor. Okay. Is that um, Dom always loved the ladies? <laughs> so so Dom was not a very good dancer. Dom was not a good singer. You know. So what could Dom do to get a lady? You know, to to you you know. How am I gonna bait? How am I gonna bait my hook? You know what I'm saying? So, I, like I was. So we're talking about ten year old dumb. I was looking at twenty year old dumb. I'm thinking about you know. Okay. So so I knew that I was told through my history that hey, women love a guy that can cook, and it's so true. so that's why. So I internalized that and I was like, you like food? yeah. So I internalized that and it was like narrowed it down. Boom, chef. Chef, <laughs> the front door. Dancing no, singing no, acting no, chef. Boom. That is really unfortunate that you look like that. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, don't know, we will tag Tucker Tons. Uh, we will not tag Tom. <laughs> because, you know, voice for radio. Just kidding. <laughs> very attractive human. And very bigotry and all the things. If you like that sort of thing. If you're into that, then yeah. <laughs> but he was like, I can't sing and dance. He's like, I'm not going to look at the mirror, but I mean... <laughs> Guess I'm gonna get bitches with that. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening out there, if you're on the verge of becoming an incel, make a goddamn taco, bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it helps, you know. It is not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, 
yeah. there was a, a meme the other day that was like, what is the sexiest thing a man does that is not like traditionally sexy? And so a lot of women put this thing where you like look back and you fucking back up because that's oh, yeah. hot. Yeah. But if a man washes the dishes, just a little harder. Oh. <laughs> And you didn't use the hand soap? But yes, like that is a sexy yeah, yeah. thing. So ladies, what is the thing a man does that is a not a sexy, traditionally sexy thing, but sexy? My partner cooks. Okay. So you hit the nail on the yes! head. I told y'all. I like being taken care of so, like, and he makes me wood items. Oh. Benches, so planter boxes. He does do that as well. But he makes me wood items. Okay. Benches, planner boxes, ladders. Got me a ladder. Did you say that? I did. Meow. Calm down. Calm I love down. It. I love All right, Cindy. So, let's see. Dom does a lot of things that I appreciate. Um, he asks me about my day, and he's very thoughtful about it. Like, he really genuinely wants to know. Nice. And he checks in on my kids, and he's very thoughtful, and he likes to be present Love emotionally it. and mentally, and so it just adds to the physical element, too. I am about this conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so any of you out there looking at your man, think about the non-sexy, like traditionally sexy thing he does that turns you on, does things for you, makes you make that noise, cat just made. Um, that one. <laughs> Um, and then thank him for it because I think that's important. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was perfect. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you can whatever you want because it's a free fucking country right now. You love it, Stella. Uh. You love it. <laughs> anyway. Like yeah. How was that change, and how are you feeling about t- making that shift? So, I'll be honest, man. That when I had that moment, like almost like panic attack, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember reaching out to a friend and kind of talking to him about the things that I was going through. It's like, man, you're just scared of leveling up, Ooh, you know. Wow. And like, so there is that, like that good stress. Like people want to mm-hmm. act like. Like, life should be stress-free. No, no, no. no. There is a good stress that you need to have to kind of, like, motivate you to kick your ass, you know, to to get it done, you know? Like, it's the same stress that you feel when you're in the gym lifting weights and that weight is coming down on you. Yes. And you're feeling like you don't have the muster to put it back up one more time. And then you find it, you dig deep, and you get it done, you know? Like, the relief, it's more about how you feel afterwards, you know? And once you make that jump, that really just like invigorates you you know makes you feel alive and fuels you for the next so many years until you're ready to make the next jump Absolutely. yeah so i would say that it um of course i was scared too but once i made the jump that i was extremely happy and that it's so much easier okay. like if we're talking specifically about you know food trucks and restaurants one you know is on wheels that's you know, you, yeah, <laughs> that, that can, you know, the tire pops, you know, anything like that. There's so many different things that can, will go wrong on that. Restaurants in general, 
things will go wrong. Sure. So you have to walk in every day expecting something is wrong or something will be going wrong today. But having a food truck is like 10 times as much. Okay. But for a chef, sometimes that's your way out. You know, okay. Restaurants cost a lot of money and chefs, we don't make a lot of money. Absolutely. So the time that it takes to build up to make that jump, you know, it was pretty big. So first jump, first little jump is a food truck. Okay. Big jump into a restaurant. You know? And so you had worked as a chef in other restaurants before. Yeah, 21 years. Yeah, it was <laughs> 38, Definitely. 37, 37. <laughs> <laughs> cut him off, cut him off. I'm going for 20 for it's you. Drink. <laughs> but, so, you know, you've worked for other people. Mm -hmm. It's a very different thing to go and, and be an entrepreneur and actually create something yourself. Yes. And so, up to your point, like, that's a big jump. Even to food truck. What I heard you say at the beginning was like part of change for you or deciding on something is making a decision. Mm -hmm. It's just like picking a thing, right? So how did you make the job from working for other people and being a chef for a restaurant that maybe other people own or other people's concept to then being an owner of a thing that's yours? Um, I made that jump once. So every time that I went into the restaurant, you know, obviously starting out. Learn your job, learn sure. your position, and do that well. Did you do all of the positions in yeah, the kitchen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I Dish feel washing. you have to. Like, so I started out my, my entire career as cashier, moved to busser, moved to pre-checker, moved to server, moved to lead server, you know, and then I went to culinary school, and then I started to get my, my back of the house, my kitchen experience. Nice. You know, so I grew up learning all the front of the house, learning mm -hmm. with customers and stuff like that, then learned the kitchen side. That's and awesome. then same thing. Yeah. Here's the grill. Learn the grill. Learn the fry. Fry. And then once you learn something and then the muscle memory starts to kick in because you're yeah. doing it so much, yeah. then you're like, your you, you body just moves. Mm -hmm. And then so your brain is free to do all these other things, you know? Nice. So with that time, I'm learning. I'm now seeing what saute is doing, okay, because that's the next place I'm going. So, so the time that I get to saute, it's a lot more easier. Okay. So <clears throat> I would feel like you know, you have to, like, life in general, like, every day, like, we go through motions. Sure. So, yeah, you, you have to to survive or whatever in, in what we're in. So, go through the motions, earn your money, do that. But with that extra time, look for your next jump. Always be looking, always be looking for your next jump and what you're going to be moving into. And then, so, it was once I did all these things and then made it to the top. Yeah. Fast. Sure okay, like how many times do I do this before I'm finally, okay, now you got, you got the goods. Just go do it. That's you know? an interesting thing that you talk <clears throat> about feeling confidence. That's what you're talking about. And also in your brain, the goal was to get ladies. But also, <laughs> I was going to say to you were. <laughs> to evolve and change there was a conscious choice in that in the book it talks about um and i'll cite the book because you know it's important but um talks about the concept especially as adults where change is too difficult a lot of times and so there's only two options there's change and growth or slow death and it really is that 
consistent of a dichotomy because if you stay stuck, mm-hmm. you're going to just do the same fucking shit and die. Mm-hmm. And and it's either a long death or a slow death. And the slow, the long and slow the are the same. Fast as if you get hit by a car. But, I mean, I, I think when we think about slow death or not evolving or even in industry, people are afraid of change and doing things differently. Mm-hmm. And so what I heard you say is like, you know, you, you recognize that there was a time when the industry had a big menu to get foot traffic and make a name. And for you, especially through change and evolution of recognizing what works, you have decided, let's focus on one thing and pare down the menu and do that thing well. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And that's innovation. Like, that's the ability to recognize how to innovate to make yourself successful and maybe not use the old model, mm-hmm. but take parts of that. And so as you were learning things in the kitchen, different, you know, different positions and all the things, your brain was moving forward in what's my next step. Yeah. Because you were yeah. collecting all of those skills <clears throat> to propel you, so you had that self-efficacy or confidence to be like, okay, now I'm proficient and amazing at this. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this next one. You didn't stack me on, I'm just a cashier. Exactly. You know, and I mean, really now thinking about it, I think it was... You know, that's obviously part of it. You know, like we, when, you know, when I was talking about getting the ladies or whatever, it was about finding that thing that I'm good at or that I can be good at. You know, but it is, um, it was initially started from a commitment, Mm -hmm. but knowing how good I am and knowing how prideful I am and, or passionate about what I'm doing, that that gives me confidence, you know, Mm -hmm. to approach a lady like Cindy, you know, and, and, you know, I, the shy Dom back in the day, he would never have done that, you know? And so, so I'm proud of myself. Like, I look back and I'm, like, really proud of myself for how far that I've come. Absolutely. You know, because, um, yeah. I, I could have easily went a different way. Sure. Yeah. Is it hard to maintain, and certainly why we love having different voices on the podcast, um, is we talk a lot about confidence, we talk a lot about self-care, boosting yourself up, but to get a male perspective on, is that hard to maintain that level of confidence so there's i think arrogance if arrogance is what you're going for if you're trying to get to a, a, a like if you're trying to get there too quick yeah. you know mm-hmm. like and like you're you're gonna lose it just as quick okay my whole game is is the long sure. and so obviously like always having the carrot to chase mm-hmm. and always like there's always better you know, there there can be better. There's somebody better. There's this. You know, so there's room for improvement. <clears throat> and you're always self improving. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. Yeah. So I mean, to that point, like, how is your self talk when you're trying to level up? Like, what does it look like for you internally to be like, damn, you, you know, dumb, you got this, or motherfucker, like, get it done. Like, where where are you? I can, I can imagine yourself just that, that, that's, a, that, that's really so funny because uh, we had. <laughs> My dog, <laughs> dog, dog. <laughs> <Woo, woo. No. laughs> I will get to my self talk, but it was funny. It's funny that you brought it up because me and Cindy, we had this talk this morning because I literally, I, I spend a lot of time in the shower, and it's literally, I sit there for a minute, and the water is just pouring over my head, and it's that's the only time that it's silent for me. That's the only time where I can actually hear myself and talk to myself. You know, and really think about my day. Okay. You know, but I visualize my day, you know, too, of just like what I'm walking into and how it's going to be. Yeah. And really it's, it's, 
it's getting comfortable in that um you know the the movements the the day-to-day you know like yeah. there are some people that you know like you look at your phone you see somebody else that's your age and they're in this higher position then you start to freak out like fuck i'm not doing enough i'm not doing this nice i mean it's true. I, yeah, yeah 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 where i think that you know i just am like okay this is where it is okay but like i said still constantly making progress somewhat even if I'm chasing a carrot. Even if I'm just chipping away, even if I'm just crawling along or whatever, like yeah. still moving in that forward direction somewhat, yes. you know? Like you have to just keep reminding yourself to move in that forward direction. But that's the time that I have myself talk. And honestly, it's, you know, fuck, we had two call outs today. Fuck everything, you know, uh, investors are mad about this. You know what, Dom? You've come this far. You've look at everything that you've done. Nice. Look at everything that, all the love that you have behind you. You're not going to fall. You know, it's almost... Ugh. Yeah, I get extra points if you crown the punch. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you, know, you have a... I had a vision. The edibles had me seeing the vision. Yeah. <laughs> the vintage. No, because that's why This is why I love talking about things, um, you know, more now. Because I was so, you know, anyways. Anyway. This is turning into like a therapy. <laughs> No, but uh, that's that's what I've always grew up with. Was sure. you're gonna be okay? You're not gonna fall. Yes. You're not gonna fall. That was the way the love that I was raised. You know, Absolutely. so so just grateful. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I also think that you know recognizing that that's where you started, right? Like everything was born of love. Yeah. And being able to to fact check, which is what we call yeah. it. When you're having that anxiety of like, oh fuck, here's a problem, here's a problem, here's a problem. Mm-hmm. When we're focusing on the problem, the problems grow. Exactly. When we're focusing on the facts, which I love, yeah. is like, we're okay. finding solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're finding solutions, we're finding that confidence, we're back on solid ground. Yeah. Whereas if we're focusing on the problem, then we spiral out and then we're in the like tunnel of doom, worst case scenario. Exactly. And so what I heard you say is like, then you, you go back to what is the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is, I have lots of of people who support me. I am not going to fail even if I fuck up today, mm-hmm. right? Even if it's all fucked up and I walk in and it's a goddamn dumpster fire, I know that I will not fail. Exactly. I love that. Mm-hmm. Because failure <clears throat> is relative, right? Absolutely. Tell me more about failure. Yeah, it's, it's that fear. It's um, that it's that opposite of like, I don't, of just like I will do anything not to fall. Yeah. Anything not to fall. So I will tooth and nail whatever I got to do just not to fall. So it's that that deepest fear of falling to me. It's seeing the guy on the street that's homeless, that's sure. been homeless for that long, you know, like putting myself in those shoes, imagining what a day would be like. Yeah. You know? yeah. All those darkest fears, you know. Right. Like so it's that pushback. Absolutely. Uh, like, you know, this is, that's a, that's a reality that can happen. You know, if you don't, if you just stop, you know, just keep moving. Do you feel like you have the Midas touch or just the hard work ethic and that's why you've not failed? It's, it's hard work ethic, but it's, it's positive mentality too. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, that's, that's the vibration that you're putting out there. So that's, what's going to come back to you. What I appreciate about Dom is his passion and how he allows that to fuel um, his future decisions and his endeavors. And he's always, again, like he talked about, looking for 
the next project? How can I improve this? How can I make service better? How can I um, bring all of these different infused foods in a palatable way that New Mexicans will appreciate? Absolutely. How can I, you know, diversify the menu into something that they would like? So he's always looking and being driven by those passions. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate that about him. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have about 10 minutes, but I we're going to take a pause, and then we're going to come right back. You will not notice the pause, because I'm just going to hit the pause button. Um, but I think we might go longer, guys. So hey. hold for a second. <laughs> All right, we are back, and this is a bonus episode. We are at 40 minutes right now. Normally, we stop at 48, right around there. Uh, but I think we're going to keep talking. And so for those of you who want to do this in two parts, you pause, you come back, it's a whole thing. But at 40 minutes is where we start part two, okay? Let's go. All right, so we were talking about confidence. And what I heard you say last time is, or when we stopped, is that you have built your confidence over time, and certainly like, you know, 15-year-old Dom did not have the bravado. You were talking about arrogance, and it's interesting that you said that, um, because I look at arrogance, and you had said, you can have the confidence in the quick and dirty, like in the moment, but it's hard to, say, to sustain. When I think of arrogance, I think of someone who creates a front, or has a lot of bravado, and isn't necessarily foundationally confident in who they are and what their skills are. Would you agree with that? Yeah, big time. Big time. Okay. Yeah. And like, ladies, we know the difference, right, between mm -hmm. confidence and arrogance. Oh, yeah. Um, tell me how you would kind of look at somebody. I mean, obviously, we've been talking to Dom for a minute, um, and Cindy, you know him. You recognize confidence. Can you tell me what arrogance looks like comparatively before you met him? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think arrogance comes with um, the unwillingness to hear other positions, to be questioned, to be questioned. Sure. Um, they know it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think the willingness to learn, the willingness to hear, you know, different ways of a attacking a problem or different perspectives. Um, and again, kind of that willingness to, to grow and to yeah. say, oh, maybe I don't have all the answers. Tell me well, a little that, bit more. Yes. And I definitely, Dom, just in talking to you in the, in the short amount of time, like you definitely go into things with confidence, but also humility, mm -hmm. right? And so I can imagine in the restaurant industry and certainly in the chef world, that's not always the case. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more. Yeah, you know, um, the proof is always going to be in the pudding. So like... Like for food. yeah, so for me, <laughs> like literally, like a creme and next we add the egg. <laughs> Make it put in here. No, I can say that. Like, I have I do a lot of interviews, and you get you can see. Well, yeah, because but like there is definitely like those. Chefs that will sit aside, sit across from you, show up a minute, two minutes later, whatever. Not because they were sitting in the car, sure. but then they walk over two minutes late just because they think that they are entitled to something because of yeah. what they've accomplished on paper. Sure. You know, but I think that for, for me and just, I've seen the hardest things done. I've seen the best chef yeah. in, on a hotline. There's nobody better than that. Like there are these. Who is the best? 
there are these people, well, that you've seen. Emmanuel de Rodriguez from uh, Santa Monica, California. Okay. <laughs> you know, but no, these are, these are guys who aren't in the spotlight or whatever. But it's knowing that you're not that guy. Yeah. Like, you're not him because he would not act like you. Yeah. You know, the best guys never act like you. Right. Like this entitled, uh, arrogant, arrogant, like, you know, correct you if you get their name wrong or whatever on the first time you say their name. Like, right. my name's John. No, it's Juan or, or something. <laughs> all like, right. You're like, all right, whatever, you know, chill. Uh, no. <laughs> it's G A N. It's Jean. I'm Italian. You know, it's never those guys who, who do that. It's, uh, it's always the guys who are humbled. And once you get in the kitchen and you give them a task and they do it and they come right back up next to you like, yes, chef, what else do you need? Love You know, that. like what, what's next? What's next? They always come up to you. What's next? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that I need you here for, you know, because I'm going to work you hard for this amount of time or whatever. It's like these, this is the job that needs to get done. And if it's just about how fast you can get it done and then whatever. So I always tell my guys that you have to just keep a steady pace going because your job is what you're trying to do is to learn all this, get it done as quickly as possible. So then you have time to actually watch what I'm doing. You know, that's that should be your goal is to build yourself time. So where you can look over your shoulder and see what Chef Dom is doing, because that's where you should want to get to. Not and, and I'm not saying that from arrogance, but from. Just, I know how hard it takes. I know what I did. I know how hard it is and how hard it's going to continue to be. So you have to be the type of person to not want to get in a position to talk down to people. You want to be in a position to run with people who are making you run faster just because you could feel how fast they're running. Absolutely. That's awesome. I had to send a chef home one time. My mom owned a restaurant Mm -hmm. and we had an awesome chef. Didn't go to culinary school. Just really self-trained. Really fabulous hard ass worker holy shit finish on the grill clean the grill go back what do you what do you guys need help with what am i at let me go do inventory all the things like all the roles right mm-hmm. hard worker and then we had the chef who went to culinary school it was like i know everything about it his food was not very good but he finished <laughs> yeah. you know prepping a plate doing a meal whatever and then he goes sit i'm just gonna go sit and I'm like, dude, you can't keep taking these breaks. Like, I need you to be doing inventory. I need you to be doing this. I need you to be cleaning that grill. That grill's disgusting right now. It was your day to cook, and I know that the other chef did not leave it that way for you. Get back there. And it was constant correction because of that arrogance of, well, I went to culinary school, and oh, I just know what I'm doing. So I don't know where they it came already, from. It was gross, though. You never want to get to a point to where you feel like you've already crossed the finish line. There's not a finish line. The finish line is, is death. Okay. When you sure. can finally rest. That should be the moment that you finally decide to rest. Other than that, there's just space and opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know? and I love that because we do talk about complacency, right? Mm-hmm. That happens when we are building ourselves. So, um, you know, all of us have had education to a degree or another. And certainly recognizing that we could rest on, well, I have this piece of paper and I do this thing. Um, But what I know to be true about everybody sitting at this table is we all take the opportunity to then go to the next level. The complacency part of resting on your laurels and just kind of saying, well, is that you'd stop growing and you stop challenging yourself. So I do love the concept of like, I will rest or stop learning when I'm done, mm-hmm. right? Because at that point, fuck it, I did all the things. But 
in the meantime, it's and, and I come from the existential perspective of how do we make meaning of the middle? We are born alone, we die alone. What the fuck are we going to do with the time in between? Mm -hmm. Right, and so that complacency of well, I just I do all the things. So well, I I think that there's something to be said for humility, and then also chasing that next goal or leveling up. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that in, in 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 therapy. I talk about that with clients on the kind of game theory of life, mm -hmm. recognizing that you're gonna face your hardest level. Like, and I'm not a huge gamer. Um, let me just say that right now. <laughs> uh, the only game I've ever played is Tomb Raider. Um, and I played all the levels before uh, Eidos doesn't do it anymore. But anyway, <laughs> that's my nerd bit. Um, but <laughs> it's true. Um, but I know that every time I would level up, like I would die 87 times, right? Mm. Until I did it. And I think a lot of us have looked at the fact that we, we Phoenix a lot, we talk a lot about the Phoenix, we talk a lot about the Lotus, in terms of looking at that failure or looking at that fall and then getting back up and doing something else. Mm -hmm. Growing from it, being yeah, motivated by it, inspired by it, setting goals around it and level, leveling up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Mine's Mara Brothers 1 on the old school NES. I also did Legend of Zelda when I was younger. It came back and I was not about to buy a gaming system just to play it. But I have been thinking about Laura Croft again a lot um, because I just love her so much. Not enough to go back to school and be an archaeologist, but um, really recognizing how many times we have to die to get to that next place. For sure. Mm -hmm. Right? You're and still so, talking about Tomb Raider or are you talking I'm about Wait a second, was this whole conversation about Tomb Raider? Yeah. Damn, yeah. I'm high as fuck. No wonder these <laughs> the Dalai Lama ate these. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about leveling up in Tomb Raider. How do we get here? That's so weird. Anyway. Sorry, sorry. You're fine. You're totally fine. 420. Uh, 100%. Um, so recognizing that, you know, you talk earlier about your self-talk and how, you know, you have that time in the shower and you're thinking about the worst case scenario. In a lot of ways, we call that anxiety right. and mm -hmm. looking at that doom train thinking, but also recognizing what your self-talk looks like so that you do get up and move forward. Yeah. And recognizing that, like, I'm going to walk into potentially a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And I could stay there and be like, all of this sucks. Or I could make a decision and I could make that change. And so if you don't stay in complacency, even though that can be comfortable, how do we get to that next place? How do mm -hmm. we get to that next level? Um, and so, you know, in the theme of change, has there been a time when you did fail and you had to kind of pivot and figure out something else? Oh, big time. You know, um... <laughs> Uh, like I said, there, you know, I, I got, I went to food because I needed, you know, I was looking for a lady. Yes. Or whatever. You I know. love that you started with, I needed a lady. <laughs> I needed a lady. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. And so, but maybe that was one thing I've always, you know, I've always listened to slow jams, you know, yeah. ushers. So I've always been a sensitive guy of, you know, that romantic side is there. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that was something that I wanted. Obviously, not to get girls repeatedly, but this is... To get a girl... To get a girl that's going to take me to the next level, oh, you know? In all the ways. In all the ways, you know? So, <laughs> it, that, like, that's, 
my ultimate goal, you know, is right. seeing that happy place. So it's realizing. Did you just say the happy place? My happy place. Oh do you have a specific example of a, like a story about one time that you failed and what you did to uh, get back up on the proverbial horse? Okay. I mean, there are plenty of times in the kitchen where... Like, have you ever dropped food? Just kidding, because that would be a fucking fail. No, no, nobody <laughs> no in the kitchen. No chef has ever dropped anything going from the fryer to the pass. Nobody has ever dropped anything. That always lands clean, uh, always. and they always, if they do drop it, they always throw it in the trash. <laughs> always, every Anybody single have time. Any questions? The movie is called Wayne, <laughs> and the restaurant is shenanigans. Every <laughs> single time. No, um, there has definitely been a lot of times. Where, yeah, you question it, you know, like, is this the way I want to go? Do I, maybe I should just be in real estate. Is my real direction being, you know, having a big house? Like, because I guess some of those days you go home or whatever, even if you had a bad day at work, you still go home and then you start to think about those other jobs. And if you're like me, you actually take yourself to like living out that life and like, you know, maybe even the, for that week or whatever, you start to make calls, try to make things happen, try to think, make things move. And Did then you, you start your OnlyFans yet or no? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not quite there yet. Not quite there yet. But, you know, who knows? Who knows, man? I'm going to get you no, a I'm waiting to see what that, what that next app is, you know? <laughs> OnlyFans is like the MySpace. When's that Facebook, you know, OnlyFans yeah. coming out? Got you, got you, got you. <laughs> no, but I think that... Um, sorry, you got to put me back on to where, where I was. I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. We were talking about a failure and how you lived out that like mental realm of okay, I'm gonna make estate. a change, right. I'm gonna do real estate, I'm gonna have this different life, but then something grounded you back into Yeah, so you you even will go through that week and like make the calls, try to you know, maybe you know, what's it gonna take for me to get into real estate? But to make like to make any kind of change is gonna be so much more difficult than just living out your choice, your destiny. Following you know, through. That something. There's something about rolling that dice at that age of when you have so many turns or whatever. Yeah. You know. But that whatever it, it hits, you put everything towards it. Yeah. I could have said I was going to be a race car driver, and I would have put the same amount of focus and determination into that. Yeah. I know that deep down, just because of the type of person that I am. Right. But that's not what. I decided for for whatever reason, you know. So, sure. living it out, there was like something that re- like trust me, I've I've been through a lot of ups and downs and like questioning this, questioning my whole existence, and usually that's when I've been working for other people. Okay. You know, during those times, because you know, is there an end to this? Am I gonna always be working for this person? But it's asking those questions, and. Kind of going through each day and just realizing the repetition. No, that was silly. That was just a silly thought. Why the hell was I thinking about that? Let's get back to what we are doing. Okay. And that's committing to something. Mm-hmm. And it was just honestly just going through those daily motions. Uh, damn it. Sorry. I know there was deeper parts of this. No, you're fine. <laughs> and and, <part laughs> and I got lost in my own. My, my point is, and it's interesting that you say that. I was going to 
you, like, is that a philosophy that you use in other aspects? I mean, obviously we're talking about the restaurant and I think that's awesome, but, you know, and what I'm thinking about is how do you figure out and make that commitment, recognizing that failure happens, um, and, and, and I'm going to suck and I'm going to have to make a change. Right. Um, I love that you said I, I kind of play out the scenario in my head. Like, I, I figure out, like, well, I could do real estate and I could call my buddy and, you know, do some things. And, and you go down that. And quite literally, like, some of us just go down that road in our imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I could go work at Taco Jen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and slanging tacos sounds better than my job sometimes. <laughs> um, but do you use that same philosophy in other goals in your life absolutely it's it so i my my family on my dad's side they were gardeners okay. you know and so i kind of feel like the same way is that life gardeners, in, in, is it well, called landscaping now or? Uh, no 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 <laughs> they're at, they well on their own property they grew for themselves you know to provide and stuff nice. like that but uh so farmers no, no, no. You didn't have a farm. It's just my grandfather with with a with couple garden. with his garden. Flower yeah, but he was. But back in those days, you didn't have to be all that about it. You know? right? like, it's like. <laughs> but I'm like trying to like conceptualize like he was a farmer. No, he didn't have a farm. Like, we like, well, when people ask like, "Are you going to the store?" Like, why do I have to go to the store? You know, look at my back window. Like, right. that's me right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I already have it. <laughs> yeah. So. That's kind of how I see all life, you know, in the general is that everything you have to garden it, it, it needs all these things, you know, like you have to just pay attention. God, you have to tend it. I get you. I get your analogy. I get your analogy. See, see, now it's it. It's like your relationship with Cindy, it has to be tended to. Exactly. So all the. Your personal self-talk, you have to tend to it. Your uh, working out at the gym, you have to tend to it. Your health, all the things. This is, yeah, this is part of my vision. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to. Like, this is the vision. If I want this, this is it. Otherwise, falling, you know, being being content with staring at a brick wall from a sidewalk while my feet lay in the gutter, like, that's, like, who the hell would dream that? Right, who would right. who would want People to live in that? Yeah. So any anything better than that? Just sure. like always being grateful has been part of my whole mantra. It's just I'm just grateful for any little bit that I have. Yeah. You know, because there's so much more left. So it's I want to say like there's that fear of hitting the bottom. Sure. You know that keeps you up. Maybe maybe a bird with a broken wing or something. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Fucking try. Yes. Try with all your your might, you know, because yeah. because there's that chance that you hit the ground and you're still alive. Yes. And now you have to live through that. Yeah. You have to change. That's more painful. To that new life of and now I've hit rock bottom. Yeah, where people are content. Yeah, jump off a bridge, jump off of this, and you know, game over. You yeah. know, but they're like, there's something. I guess it it must be pride, you know, um, or just just even more fired to that to that fear of disappointment of what would somebody think of you for doing that right you know what okay. i'm saying like the disappointment that you would put on others okay. for even thinking that because now like because, because they're the ones that have out. that's where it passes on to now they have to live with that that's true you know what i'm saying like my friend killed himself mm-hmm. and fuck i didn't do there was like 
was there something I could have done? Was it this? So you pass that on to them. Absolutely. And that's even more of a fear because I would fucking, I wouldn't even want to do that. Absolutely. So like you have to, like, one, somebody asked me, a server, you know, when I was a sushi chef, she asked me, what's the meaning to life, Dom? Just one random morning while she's sweeping up and I'm, and I'm getting ready for the day. Fucking comes in, yeah, probably still high or whatever. <laughs> like, what's the meaning to life, Dom? You know, and I'm, and I said, you know what, is to realize that it, you're part of a bigger picture. You know, yeah. is that, where's Waldo was always one of my favorite games. What? Huh? Where, where's, <laughs> where's Waldo? I'm not an idiot. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of your favorite games. Because we were high a lot. Have you not heard the last hour? <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> we are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> She's Super Mario's on Blades of Steel, man. Like, that was our NES. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> go away so quick you know goddamn another day how long could you know, i can find waldo's dumbass <laughs> this fucking land of candy canes motherfucker this is gonna at least two hours of work right here you know? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grandpa. I've been a, I'm like Benjamin Button, man. Like I've been a grandpa. That's why he rolls his age up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm rolling. I'm, I'm on the down, you know. I'm going downhill, bro. By the way, that happens, but your knees give out because you have to climb the whole way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go back to Waldo, and you were really enjoying that. So, well, to, to zoom out and to realize that you're part of a bigger picture, you know, oh, like I've always, I've always loved the, the paintings that are, there's so many different intricate things about them and you really have to study them. Yeah. You know, that's the way I feel like I am as a person, you know, okay. is that, you know, like be proud of your story and stop trying to get to the end so quick. Yes. You know? Like there's, there's so many different chapters, like fucking keep writing in it, you yeah. know, like look at Jesus's book. I want a book bigger than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now that's some balding ass shit. <laughs> I have an audio book bigger than the Bible. Jesus only had the four books, and all of his friends were copying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. What did you say? <laughs> what did you say on chapter four? Yeah, Jesus, he gave us that fish, and that was good. And that was good. Wait, wait, was that the fish like in the lungs? Or was that the but then he pulled out the hot sauce, and we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is a bad man. Yeah. Your story is definitely not over now that you've moved into a brick and mortar restaurant. Absolutely. 
absolutely not. You're no. You're just still setting this, next goals and still thinking of change and still thinking of things you're going to do with chain. that. <laughs> absolutely. Two chains. Are you thinking of like, I mean, two chains. Yeah. We can have a taco set on this side of town, so I'm doing a fucking... Like, yeah, no, yeah, thing. we're thinking, we're definitely thinking about chain. So, so, obviously, you know, at the moment... Fish taco, fish taco shack on the beach was what I ultimately wanted. That's oh. my end. That's one of my end games. You in the desert, bitch. So like you know, <laughs> just being retired, but still making my daily money or whatever by fishing, grabbing whatever fish I got. You know, go to my little shack, have have a refrigerator full of beers, and cook fish tacos for the people on the beach. I love just, it. Just to make, just to make my, you know, what I need to make. Yeah. Like I think. Okay, so there's one. Thing that's a really simple fix for me to not go into that end okay. is that all I'm trying to do is make a living for myself or just trying to live at least minimally comfortably, yeah. which my minimum from going through college and all that yeah. is pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I mean, I could be living with like with a roommate in a car and be happy. Sure. You know, like that's how. Well, tight, yeah. Talking a sprinter van. Well, that's how low like my minimum is of just sure. survival. You know what I'm saying? So, so do you feel like the rest is gravy at this point? The rest is gravy. Nice. The rest is all gravy. Okay. You know? And so I could, yeah, definitely, like, I could be content with where I'm at now. But why? You know, when you have all this time and space and opportunity, mm-hmm. do something with it. Absolutely. Write more volumes. Exactly. Yeah. Especially when you, you know, you're here. Might as well, might as well, like, I just, like, I, my grandmother, she was the one who actually told me, um, she wants to live to be a hundred, okay, and then whatever reason, I took that on too, you know, of like, you know, as my grandmother has now gotten older, she's 85, and she had said to me, you know, I'm ready to leave, you know, basically, in in other words, you know, and uh, for whatever reason, I was like, you know, you're giving up. You know, I, now I want to live to be a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, just to see all the things that you saw. It would literally be a cell if you do that. Yeah. If you live, like you just do one cell. <laughs> Benjamin Button all the way back. Like epithelial. <laughs> You'll yeah. be an egg in a sperm. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's but, full Benjamin Button. But there's so much life that you could see, like happened in that time. The time that when I became like conscious and actually started like recognizing what is actually going on, then I'm like, oh man, to see a hundred years of this play out, like mm-hmm. in line, like that's awesome. That's and so honestly, that, that's a low, that, that's my ultimate end goal, you know? But the time that I have to get there, I want to live comfortably. Okay. I want to do the things that will make me comfortable, mm-hmm. you know? And then, yeah, just let the universe kind of fill in the rest. I guess, it. yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Because I think you and I talk, and, and certainly you and I talk about how, you know, making the meaning in the middle is the challenge. And certainly working in the mental health field and doing the things that we do, what we recognize is people kind of get stuck on the anxiety of what am I supposed to do next? Um, and so I think, you know, certainly to our listeners, recognizing that you, have, you don't even have to know, mm-hmm. right? And love that your conceptual idea is it was born of love, and my first step is making a decision. If I recognize that the one thing that I want is to be comfortable and your bar is low, mm-hmm. right? I just want to make sure my bills are paid and I am creating something with the passion that I have, then I will keep moving forward to do that. As opposed to, I need to have a million dollars, I need to have a mansion, I need to have this many degrees, I need to, um, you know, 
whatever it is. All that material stuff. Material. Well, and that, that is something. The love and the things. And it is something. It's something really concrete. Sure. But I think having love and respect for other people and community, because you're building community mm -hmm. by having your restaurant and building other things that aren't those tangible items is part of that whole change. Mm -hmm. And that's motivation mm -hmm. to change and to expand or Absolutely. to pull back and just to self-identify, recognize. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think too, like, you know, we talk a lot about anxiety, depression, self-talk, confidence, all those things. Because at the end of the day, what we want to stimulate is conversations so people can kind of figure out how do I work past this to get to where I want to go, whatever mm -hmm. that is. Yeah. And certainly, um, you know, you work with, with people in school, Cindy, you work with people in school. Um, and I can imagine part of the anxiety of high school and certainly juniors and seniors is they feel like they need to pick a mm -hmm. path. It's flooding right now. It's yeah. raining down on me right now. Yeah. I have seniors coming out of the woodwork. They haven't talked to me all year. Right. Like August and September. And then they didn't talk to me all year. And now they're just coming in. Just, Miss, can I set an appointment? Miss, can I have this? And it's a lot. I'm having a lot of these conversations. And they're very motivational. And all the good things are happening. Yeah. But yeah, they're freaking out. Absolutely. Cindy, how's that for you? Very. So I think even with my own daughter, that pressure, um, you know, overwhelmed her to the point of stagnation and to the yeah. point of, I don't even want to think about what area I want to go in. I'm just going to, you know, kind of pull back and get, avoidy. get a little bit avoidy. So I can see how that pressure, especially for seniors, um, to have something narrowed down right then can be overwhelming for them but at the same time it's good to have at least some overall general idea so that you have a path to navigate towards so it's a tricky you know tricky age and, and position absolutely and I think that happens over time um, too because when we get to that place of complacency or like we've reached a goal or whatever you know cut <laughs> uh, you had talked about when you graduated you had a lot of stress about what to pick and how to go you know through that. Right, so I just worked at my mom's restaurant until I could figure out what I wanted to do. Because I had a job. I was, you know, meeting my bills. And I was going to be really particular and choosy and really think about what was it that I enjoyed the most in my undergrad? What was it the most that I enjoyed in my master's program? What is it that I enjoy the most about this environment that I'm in that makes me happy? How can I take all that and apply it then into my next career move? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it wasn't just one certain thing. It was like, let me pick aspects of all my life blend it all together and then find an agency or find a school or find a find an employment site that meets meets those needs absolutely mm -hmm. and i still do that That's and awesome. it's creating meaning again mm -hmm. and being very mindful and enjoying what you're doing in the moment so you mm -hmm. don't have to feel like you know i have to have it all figured out or i have to know exactly where i want to go but if i'm enjoying this and taking all those pieces and formulating from that experience where I want to go that feels safer and that feels you know and a lot more fun yeah not as anxiety producing well and, and like I said you know like Cindy you said <clears throat> I didn't say it Cindy did um <laughs> what you said is just pick something like just a path if you don't even have to be good at it you don't have to do it all the time but pick one thing and then move forward right right and so I think you know when you decided food you were like I'm gonna pick this thing because I can't dance and, you know, I can't sing. Fair. Um, I don't know if you can do it. Uh, but 
then I'm going to pick this thing and then I'm going to do the shit out of it and whatever. For those of us that have multiple careers or have done a lot of things, like that's not always as clear mm-hmm. um, or defined. Looking at the concept of like comfort and paying your bills and doing something you're passionate about, that makes a huge difference. Because like you said, it's about kind of recognizing the feelings that come from the thing that you're excited about. Right. Right? And does it fulfill me in these other ways? Because then I can turn it into money. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think at some point you put your baseline, like everybody kind of has their baseline. You yeah. know? So everybody's is different. So that's why you can never judge anybody about their anxiety about this and their anxiety about this because it's all different for everybody. Sure. So it's that, that realization that, yeah, you're different and this, but it's fun to, to understand and learn about, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, somebody can be, uh, really anxious about, you lost it again. I lost it again. 420. I was going. <laughs> You're going. Oh, I had it so good. I had Joe, it so Joe good. I'm here. I'm here. He's just not That's here. To your point, like, I think early when we first started talking, you had talked about that motivational stress. Yeah. In psychology, it's called you stress. It is the stress that actually, like you were talking about, like working out in the gym mm-hmm. or, you know, having that pushback, right? right? And I think some people can get overwhelmed mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so recognizing I'm going to push a little bit past this discomfort to get to the next level right? is what we talk about in terms of anxiety, right? So, I mean, I don't ever tell a client and the worst thing to tell, like anybody who's like having a panic attack or really... <laughs> kind of freaked out is to fucking calm down. Um, because if I knew how to calm down, I wouldn't I'm fucking be losing my shit right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but... I wouldn't be in therapy getting skills to learn how to calm down. Right? <laughs> and so what I tell clients is ride it out. Recognize that no one has ever died from a panic attack. Literally no one. Yeah. And so when your anxiety is high, I'm going to give you skills and tools to ride through it. And then what we can do is start to identify... What are the thoughts? What was the trigger? How do we get there? And so when we're talking about seniors or people kind of trying to get to that next level, whatever mm-hmm. that is, some of those are built into our culture mm-hmm. and some of them are created by us. Like we choose, right? Um, part of what I was thinking about is like relationships. Specific to, you know, you and I have talked a lot about like getting a divorce, being single, doing all the things. Those are stressful changes that come from, I could stay in this because it's relatively comfortable. I could get complacent and, you know, have that slow death of, I am just going to die with I you. I guess this is it till I'm dead. Right. Or you can make yourself uncomfortable. You know, you and I, we went to therapy. We talked to other people. We made specific changes to, like, get to the next place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be true for anybody trying to level up. Mm-hmm. Right? Is to get to that be uncomfortable. Recognize I am uncomfortable. I could either stay here or I could make a change. I could do something. Well, not only that, but like moving in general just keeps you distracted. Yeah. Just be distracted. You know? Yeah. So sometimes like honestly, like <clears throat> I'll go as dark as thinking of of it as a prison. And okay. then but does it help by being negative about it or by just dwelling on it? No. It helps by not thinking about it. Okay. Keeping my mind active. Yeah. So by picking something that I'm passionate about, you know, 
have a direction, have something chosen, mm -hmm. then that helps me. And yeah, that kind of sounds like a hamster spinning on a wheel, but not if your ultimate goal is love. Yeah. Like every like I don't give a fuck about the money or whatever. Yeah, comfortable. Sure. I want to be comfortable. But to go through a lifetime and spread love and, and give love, like that's that's a life worth living. Like that's what in like that's my ticket to see a hundred years of life. It's yeah. just the ticket of love. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like cause there so there's only so much that I can control, but Sure. By leaving the rest into the universe and the posit the vibrations that I put out there, then I'm counting on the universe coming through for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm doing all this good or whatever, it's the universe coming through me. It's not Jesus, not God. It's the universe. Absolutely. The, the, the already decided decisions of how it's going to play out, but it's how you decide to look at them. Absolutely. You know, it's my, my, my vision of the movie. Well, and you talked about, like, is it hard work or is it luck? What I heard you say is, it's definitely hard work, and then things worked out the way they needed to. Yeah. Right? And so, when we make the right choices, when we are, you know, Cindy and, and I talk a lot about, like, divining intuition and paying attention. And I talk to clients a lot about intuition, too, because... There is part of us that is connected to something bigger. Mm -hmm. In my belief system, whatever, but I tell clients all the time, God and the universe are interchangeable for me. Jesus had a lot of books. Nice man. But it is recognizing that the path is already laid out. And in a lot of faith-based religions, God is in control. We are not. Mm -hmm. Right? For me... It just makes sense that the universe and I have conspired to create something bigger and better. You're in a partnership, yeah. Absolutely. And so recognizing I'm going to do whatever gets me to love or to my highest good or to learn all the things I need to learn, whatever it is. And once we surrender, because that is what it is, mm -hmm. once we surrender to, okay, I know that this makes me happy. I know that this gives me love. I know that I feel powerful and passionate and confident when I'm doing this thing. As long as it's not hurting other humans, do the shit out of it. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. Like, I think the fear, like, fear itself will kill you faster than anything else can. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you lose the spark of, like, to live, then, then you're just in hell. You're in misery. Quite literally. You're going to sit in the grave at that point. Exactly. So... Yeah. <clears throat> don't ever get to that point. Like, you have to... Oh, damn it. Throw me back on. <laughs> Shit. You have to keep changing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You have to keep yeah. changing. Reinventing. No. <laughs> Reinspiring. Tuning into the frequency. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get lost in my verbiage, man. I get lost in my dictionary. Some words are hard. <laughs> I'm a cook, damn it. I just, I just know OE for over easy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> WD, well done. That's all I know. Like, you expect me to know all these big words? No. Uh, formulated sentence, I feel like it's fine. I think, no, love has got to be the fuel. You know, like any, you know, you spoke to by, about uh, organized religions. Um, the base of it is always light and dark. You know, yeah. there's always light and dark, good and hate, and or good and bad and love and hate. You know, yeah. like just always go towards the good side. Like we all have this equilibrium mm -hmm. that we have, or is it parallel? 
Polarity. 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 It's all about polarity. But you always, you know, you always have to figure out the balance of it, you know. And so everybody's the same. I can only say that you just you just can't ever judge anybody before judging yourself. Yeah. You know, like But don't judge yourself too much because that could get a little bit crazy. Well I well that's like it's it's the balance of like you know, because, you know, we're taught to be the best, you know. Sure. But don't be too good because, you know, you got to let other people win sometimes, you know. It's Stay like, humble. exactly, like, yeah. there's a whole balance to life because one, you know, you throw something off and too many uh, balls start to go in that direction, then it's, it, it, it's just catastrophic for, for a long term, you know. Like, you, you got to always just balance it out because for the long run, and that's where we should all be in is the long run. You know, not looking for ways out. Mm-hmm. Just be in it. Absolutely. You know, like I think being in yoga, doing stuff like CrossFit and stuff, not at the moment. <laughs> but but those types of stresses that you put on yourself of like, yes, this sucks, but hey, there's somebody right next to me doing the same thing. Yeah. And they're 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 the fact that you get real excited about a she says chata and you say ranga uh <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the thing. She taught me. That. <laughs> You're supposed to get excited. Take the bind. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Love doing yoga with Cindy because she always pushes you to the next level. Yeah. Um, we did do yoga at Sauce and Raw. Is there another one? There is another one, May 2nd. Okay. Up. So, yeah, it's fun. Hopefully, there will be great weather, okay. good food, good drinks after. Awesome. So, uh, check out Sauce and Raw uh, on social media. If you're in Albuquerque, uh, they do have yoga activities. But, you know, to your point... I believe it's raw and sauce. It's whatever. actually raw and sauce. Could be raw, <laughs> they've got some sauce. It used to be sauce and raw. Anyway. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, but to your point, finding that balance of kind of humility and motivation and curiosity and questioning and then drive, right? Because yep. those things always push mm-hmm. the drive. Um, in terms of, I want to continue to find love. I want to continue to be comfortable and I want to continue to innovate and change and be the best part of who I am. I love that. Absolutely. All right. We are going to, uh, be done shortly. Last words. Hey, love the person next to you. All right. And don't just love them to, to just say that you love them, but love them really, you know. The fact that you were sitting Aww. next to each other. That was that was not planned. That was not planned. That was not planned. But generally, like, you know, maybe we wouldn't be so affectionate, but I would love you. And I would love you. I mean there's love right here. We shared we shared time together. We shared space together. Like and I think that's the one thing that Corona did to us was that it took it away from us. Yes. To be that intimate, that close with people. And it's okay to be intimate and close with people yeah. and not in a uh, romantic ways. We say not yeah. in a sexy way. Yeah, yes, not in a, not in a sexy way. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you can you can you can love somebody. You can smile at somebody and it not be taken as this person is coming on to me. Difficult to do with a mask on, but I get your point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, but but even wearing a mask is an act of love. It yeah. Is. yeah, but even you if you do, and that person comes back like you know with a negative thing, just. Don't let it change your course. Yes. Stay the course of love. And it will ride you out. You know, for sure. Well, that's 
Evo, ride you out. Love. Truck stop Love will ride you out. Candelaria Road, Candelaria Road, Northeast. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is like far up in the Northeast Heights. Tramway, tra- yeah, Tramway and Candelaria. Awesome. Yeah. And they have 10 tacos mm-hmm. and uh, gluten free options, and he loves vegans. Actually, I think everything now on the menu is... Com- oh, no, not the churro fries. The churro fries are the only gluten-free item that... The or only glu- gluten only gluten item that we have on the menu. The man everything else is gluten-free. Churro fries. In the event that you're curious about what those are, check out Taco 10. Yes. You can also check out Taco 10 on Instagram. Yeah, at Taco 10 Restaurant. Again, that's taco with a K. T-A-K-O-T-E-N Restaurant. Do it. Yeah. If you want to get a hold of us, you want to be on the podcast, you have questions... It's the letter X, the number two, T-H-E-X-E-N-N-I-A-L, X to the Zennial, underscore podcast on Instagram, X to the Zennial at gmail.com. We are having guests. We are doing things. We're asking questions. Um, we are also taking feedback if you want us to talk about anything specific. Uh, we did the sex one last time. Yeah. We've already, we're planning on sex. Talking. We'll talk about sex okay. number four. Because um, <laughs> apparently y'all like, really like sex. Big in the Czech Republic, just saying. Um, thank you, Czech Republic. <laughs> I don't even know how to say thank you in Czech, but if you're oh, listening to us in English, you know, that's a thing. Enjoy your evening, be nice to each other, and love the one you're with. Yes. Awesome.